0: Denver Rubber Company is the most reliable local partner for your long-term projects, and they have been since 1972. They're an essential business and have filled out many needs in these trying times, including for businesses that are medical, military defense, government, wind energy, even food and beverage industries. So they have everybody covered and are helping them out right now. They're family-owned and operated right here in Denver, and the best at what they do whether it be foam-cut gaskets, hose assemblies, and even metal parts. They can cut to size and and pre-shape pretty much anything you need for any project. You can buy in bulk at a fantastic rate, or in small parts for just a personal project. Be sure to give them a call at 1-800-259-0010, or visit online at drcfirst.com slash dnvr. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole, a left by Cole this time! tipped in front by Mika Rantanen. He suits and scars. Nathan McKinnon Col J.T. Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog, Collective Hugs, 29 and 92. See me by Grubauer! Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon, my goodness gracious. Welcome in. To the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. They have over a thousand different varieties of beer to try at both of their locations, one in Centennial, one in Highlands Ranch. You can pick up from both or get delivery from both if you live nearby. Give it a try today. I'm Nathan Rudolph. Joining me as always is AJ Haefeli. And finally, back on the pod, it's been far too long, but Evan Rowell joining us again to talk a little bit of abs hockey and, and hopefully solve some of the debates that AJ and I have had over the past couple of days here as well. Um, I'm the tiebreaker. Yeah, you, you get to. you the initial <laughs> mediator. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that should be fun. Before we do jump into that, I guess, Evan, let's get your thoughts on, on some of the news that has come out over the past couple of days, including the idea that according to Pierre Lebrun, the NHL may be willing to push back next season as far as December to get this season in, even pushing that back to October, even to play this season's playoffs.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like everything right now is just like, they're trying to find the best case scenario possible to finish the season out. So I would assume that that would mean a shortened season next year, which I'm always down for. I think the season's too long to begin with. Uh, didn't think starting in December would be my usual thing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they're they're trying to stay optimistic. They, the, the owners, I'm sure, want to make some money with these playoff gates and everything. But uh, I, I've been pretty, I guess, pessimistic about the season coming back with everything. Uh, but, I mean... The NBA is bringing people back. What this this week, next week? So, NHL is trying to trying to get things going here, and you know, that'd be great if they got things going. I'm just, uh, I guess we'll see. Uh, hopefully, it does happen because the Az were. This is you only get a few shots at the the cup, and you want to, I guess, take them. I don't think it matters to who wins. They don't care. I mean, other fans might think that, but you're, I would assume you're still—they're still gonna, even if it's maybe like five games here in the first round, seven games after that, something like that. But you still got to go through four rounds yeah. to get it done. So it's still a playoff battle. So it's definitely going to be different because teams are going to be, I would assume, for the most part, 100 percent healthy, which just isn't normal going to the playoffs, but. Yeah, I mean, whoever wins it, it I, I wouldn't care. You still take the cup and go just forget about what everyone else says.
0: All right, as AJ stares into my soul.
2: <laughs> Are you, is your audio working? His yes, it, it's
0: something. it's working now. Okay.
2: That's all I was looking at. Was I was just... <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, I, uh, I'm not worried about the asterisk. I don't care. People can... People could say it's not the same or it's it doesn't count or whatever, but flex life forever, so I don't care. Fair enough. Uh, not going to make any
0: argument there. Uh, I don't know if it's up yet, but I imagine by the time this podcast is posted, it will be up. Our roundtable of the day is on the Philip Grubauer versus Pavel Fransos conversation. If they do return to hockey, if it does come back... Francois was playing quite well. I, there's an argument to be made that, that Bednar should go with that. Uh, I did not read AJ's answer. And, it's not in there yet. Okay, so that that would be hard for me to read then. I'll tell you, I would say if hockey comes back, the Av should stick with Grubauer. But where you guys
2: fall on this one? Evan, feel free. I...
1: Yeah, I mean Bedner always said he's gonna ride the hot hand, but there's literally no way to tell who's got the hot hand right now. So I think they will default to Grubauer, but I think it's gonna be a pretty quick trigger finger that if it if he struggles, they won't have any issue going to Franco's. Um, but I, I mean I commented when it goes up. I think just like at the start of the regular season when games are high scoring, there's very little defense, I think it's just when If these things come back, if they jump right in the playoffs, I wouldn't be surprised if it's just ridiculously high-scoring games because everyone's just not in a rhythm at all. So I'm not sure. It's just going to be who who lets up the least at that point. I mean,
0: we see that every season, right? It it takes about half a season for teams to kind of figure it out again and start locking things down and for goal-scoring numbers to start to dip in the NHL, so... Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if uh, if goaltenders have a bad time when things return.
2: Yeah, and I think, <clears throat> you know, Bettman has talked about three weeks of, like, a preseason. Mini-camp or think, whatever, yeah. I think that's geared almost entirely around goaltenders. Yeah. <laughs> trying, to get, trying to get them into some semblance of a rhythm. Uh, because, you know, we see every year goalies don't really lock in until, like, December every year.
1: Yep. Yeah, when Bednar said, I think we can be ready in less than two weeks, I was like, oh, I don't know about that. Especially, I bet all the, the goaltenders on our team were watching them like, hey, hold on, hold on.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like, yeah, well, I mean, physically we'll be able to stand there, but will we really be at our best? No, dude, come on.
0: Yeah, but the a team built to just blow up other teams goalies in that situation also. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair enough. You That's just, true. You roll out that top six and say we'll just outscore you six to five every game.
2: <laughs> Call it good. I'm good with that. Yeah. Early, early my, season Arizona wants to come and uh, <laughs> take a shot. Let's
1: do that. My thing about like a two week training camp is my assumption is that not all of these guys. I mean, you look at like McKinnon's got his own home gym. A lot of these guys probably don't have access to like full weights like at their house and things like that. So yeah. I think. The training camp is going to be a lot of like, you guys got to put that muscle back on a little bit or like get the strength back up so that we can go through this grind. So I think that's why the camp is going to be a little bit longer.
0: I wonder, you know, this isn't, I I guess I don't know how many players are still in Colorado right now. I don't think it's a
1: lot. I think it's like Z and I, I haven't seen very many. Most of them have gone, it seems like because i'm sure like a
0: couple of players do but most of these guys don't have a personal ice rink that they can use either
2: so yeah i mean very few of these guys league wide are on ice at all right now so some of these
0: players haven't skated in a month plus yeah and that's that's going to be tough to come back from it might be some sloppy hockey on the other side of this
1: yeah, that's why basketball is going to be able to, once they come back, they'll be able to get back into it a little bit quicker because anyone can – you can go dribble a basketball. Most of these guys can put a hoop up anywhere they want. Plus, they, like a backup center makes like $10 million in the NBA, so those guys have money. So, I mean, that the NHL guys just don't have ice to skate on. They don't have that access, so that's why the camp is going to be – it's going to take a while. Training oh. camp 2.0, AJ. I'm Oh, God.
0: Kill me. Can Martin uh, Count earn a job in mid-season training camp? <laughs> Colin no, Wilson gets
2: hurt in two training He's already got the nine games. games. No. It was just a no joke. It's Count. just a joke. I will fight everybody. <laughs> but is he Martin expansion Count. draft eligible? <laughs> I'm never changing my Twitter name again. <laughs> I did it one time in like five years, and now it's all anybody wants to talk about. Um, I... Honestly, I'm I'm curious how they're gonna like. Are we really gonna try and fit an end of the regular season into this, and call that I like, hope a, not. Cause, well, cause like a because well because it's like everybody's gonna play ten games and then we're just gonna all right playoffs baby like woo. Maybe I feel differently because Colorado's firmly in a playoff spot, and I'm not like yeah, give them a chance. It'll be super exciting. It's like yeah, Colorado's like yeah." <laughs> yeah
1: I imagine those teams like there's the scenario where it's sixty eight games they're like i I don't know why they arbitrarily cut it off at sixty eight games or the points percentage where it's like different teams are in the playoffs in different scenarios yeah. those are the teams that are like, yeah, we want the regular season right they're, finish. they're
2: definitely like, oh yeah, we want those games, yeah let's yeah. do that, but i maybe it's just because I'm covering the ads, and I'm just like
1: it's probably like five teams that are like firmly like yeah let's finish the regular season because then you got drew daddy who's like i don't care
2: well, just like, end it what's a, the what's a detroit red wing feeling about right. Any of this? right and like is the schedule gonna be the same are are they just gonna stay with the schedule and then pick it up or is it because of travel limitations and everything else are they just are they gonna just make up? Sorry, the last yeah, 10 games? You have to play Arizona five times in your last ten games.
1: <laughs> right, like how out of shape are those Red Wings guys right now? They're just like, I do not care if we go back. It doesn't matter at all.
2: Yeah, like if I'm if I'm Dylan Larkin, I'm like, I yeah. like I'll play. All, I would have played out the end of the season like a pro, but I'm not coming back from a pandemic to play ten games. To see if we get to 50 points or not see, no yeah, i
0: secretly yeah. think maybe not the players but the management of the red wings want this season to finish out because that's the only way to guarantee them top odds at the top pick
2: i think that they're actually in a if they don't finish the season and they and no other games get played until the start of next season i think that's the best case scenario for detroit because i think that's where they they dick with the lottery to the point of them being able to, them being like, oh, you can only move up five spots, so if you win the lotto, you know, so if Colorado wins the lottery, they go from 28 to 23, and Detroit is guaranteed the first pick. Like, that, I think that's, for Detroit, I think the best thing for them is that no more games get played. See, I don't know if I'm convinced that the
0: NHL will do that, though. They might just open up the lottery to everyone, as they have done sort of in the past. I think
2: they probably will, but I think they'll go back to the old rule of, if you win the lotto, then... Yeah, you can only move up so far. You can only move up five spots, and that's the best-case scenario for Detroit. Yeah. Yeah. Their odds odds go up a ton. Right, right. It's five teams that
0: could take it from them instead of Fifteen, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I don't know. Um, either way, if hockey does return, you can guarantee we will be drinking a ton of Breckenridge Brewery during all of that, the official beer of DNVR. Got my agave wheat shirt on today, repping the brand, because if you head on down to the farmhouse to get a meal and some beer from them, you can get $5 off when you use code DNVR. Give them a call at 303-803-1380 from noon to 8pm to schedule your pickup. You can also get the 15-can sampler pack or whichever beer you prefer, whether it be the agave wheat, avalanche amber, strawberry sky, hot peak, whatever any of their other beers as well great deal if you can't get down there you can also get it delivered through an app like drizzly second period of the dnvr avalanche podcast presented by davidson's beer wine and spirits with ruto aj and evan so let's continue this conversation a little bit here when you're looking at continuing play with the knowledge that it sounds like the NHL is willing to significantly push back next season, what is the things must get started by deadline? A month ago, we had said, you know, if they really haven't started this process by June 1st, it's going to be tough. But
2: now it seems that th- you still think June 1st? I do. I still think if they haven't gotten players back in, into facilities where they're back on the ice and they're getting back into some sort of actual NHL game shape. Uh if if that hasn't happened by June 1st, I think that it's going to be really really hard to get this in. Unless yeah. they do really put a push off the regular season to December, man. If that happens, ugh.
1: it's going to feel weird. Um yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on if they want to finish out the regular season or not, because I, I feel like you can push it back a little bit further if you just don't care about those last 10, 12 games or whatever. Uh, but, yeah, June 1st seems like a good date. I would say June 15th if they're not going to finish the regular season out. But, you, yeah, you got to get it done pretty quickly here, I would say. Figure this thing out. And it seems like they're trying to get the ball rolling here as far as getting guys back in town. But, yeah june 1st if you're if you're going to try to finish out the regular season and i would say june 15th or so otherwise
0: okay i it's tough let's say players come back on july 1st you probably don't they go straight to playoffs at the end of july maybe start of august and that probably pushes you through september say so
2: yeah it, it certainly would be affecting next season at that point. I don't know how they're going to be able to play a single game related to this year without pushing next season off if they intend to have a full playoff. A full 16-team playoff takes, what, two and a half months? It's about two months, yeah. And yeah.
0: It, I guess it, it depends. I haven't heard how dead set the NHLPA is on having an, an off season where the players can rest and relax, I guess. Yeah. They shorten you know they're it. not
2: giving that up.
0: Well, I, I know they're not giving it up fully, but if they shorten it to right. just like one month instead of three, it, you know, it shortens the time frame quite a bit, but it's tough to see that happening, to be honest, especially we haven't even gotten into the conversation of, okay, you play out the playoffs and then you have one month to sort out all of your free agency and contract deals before next season starts. Everything gets accelerated so quickly at that point.
1: Yeah. And you think about those free agents, the season ends, like if you're on a team there and then what, you got to sign with a new team, go buy a house, go find a place to live, move your family and all that short time. So it's gonna be wild. I I think this if they do finish out this season, there's no way that next season can start on time. I just don't see how it can happen.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Probably just not realistic at this point. So it's something to look at. Uh moving on, Evan, I wanted to get your thoughts since we're talking about free agency a little bit here. AJ and I went over all of the Av's expiring contracts. Uh is there anyone in particular of those that stands out to you? Firstly, and and secondly, I'm a, I have a more faith in Andre Burakovsky than AJ does. We'll put it that way. Where do you stand on Burakovsky's next
1: deal? <laughs> um, so taking Burakovsky out as far as like the expiring contracts, the one that I have and I've commented on it several times this year is Ryan Graves. That's going to be the interesting one to watch. Is just that. I think most of us would agree that Z is probably not here long-term, even past this season. So Graves is kind of the guy that they would fill that role with. And he's a guy who I think they would want to see what he can do in the playoffs because then you're looking at, you're playing against another team's best players consistently. These teams have tape on you. They're going to keep coming at you game in game. So, I think they would want to see what he looks like in the playoffs to see if that's someone that they would feel more comfortable committing long term, longer term with rather than if, if this season doesn't come back, I see him just getting like a one year we'll kick the can down the road type thing. So um, he's the one I think is most interesting just because I'm not sure he ever recreates this offseason or this offensive season again. So he would probably be interested in term whereas i think the abs would maybe be a little bit more you know we'll wait and see on that one so he's the guy i'm interested in and then Burakovsky, he surpassed any expectation i had this year as far as scoring um but yeah i mean i'm still a little weary on six and a half million seems awfully high to me for him so uh yeah I I think the abs would probably go around five, five and a half would probably be the sweet spot I would think. Um, but yeah, I just the he he freaks me out just given what's what's gone with his career so far. What term
0: would you be looking at with Burra then?
1: If you're looking at five, five and a half million, I'm thinking around three to four years would be my thought. I, I he's not a guy I would commit five, six, seven years to. That's just me.
0: See, I would. So, I think y'all are y'all are scared of nothing out here. Burr's is gonna be a key piece.
1: I'm scared of a lot. Y'all. And both one have. of them is the long term Burkowski. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you all have the same hat on right now. I just noticed. I think
1: AJ put it on because he knew I'd agree with him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't why, but show
1: a solidarity.
2: Now, now it
1: feels good. I <laughs>
0: actually have that same hat somewhere, but, you know, the DNVR block letter hat is just the best DNVR hat. It's just a fact at this point.
1: Yeah. So, Rudo, do you see Berkey shooting 20% the rest of his career here?
0: No, but I do see him shooting more, and I think he can be a key piece on that second line next to Newhook in a couple years.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely see that, but... He's definitely been propped up by some percentages this year, and six and a half million is awfully high. I think he's a 60 point player for this team. I think he is. Is that what he was on pace for this year, I guess, before?
0: 63 point pace in an 82 game season. So. Shooting 20%. Yeah. (laughs) I mean. I don't think he'll shoot 20% again. I think also, again, especially when Newhook gets here, Kadri is going to drive that line more for now, but some of the role is going to shift to Burra as Newhook gets into the NHL. And that's where I think he can really get value. But it's, it'll be interesting. And I, Yes, it is 100% a bit of a bet for me, and, and there's some risk there, but I just have yeah. more faith in you guys on that one, I suppose.
1: Um, I think we can all agree that the season getting cut short is good in the way that Jesse didn't get his wild, crazy prediction from before the year right. I, yeah. we not going to anyway.
0: I mean, Burr would be up. making 6.5 <laughs> if he hit yeah. 30.
2: I will say I am open to the idea of him him hitting 30 in the future. But you don't want to pay him 6.5 for it? No. Alright. Me being open to the possibility of it and me banking on it are two different things. And 6.5 million is coming a lot closer to me banking on it. Uh, Yeah, it's banking on him scoring 25 anyway.
1: Um, six and a half million after just one year is—that's a big bet to me.
0: You yeah. see that guy play? I don't think it's that big of a bet. I know it's somewhat of a bet, but but the opportunity he's given before this year, in a, on a stacked Washington team that wouldn't put him in their top six.
2: I'm just
1: saying dude. he was there. He just lost it.
2: Like he that lost dude the got a, that dude got a full season next to Nick Backstrom and TJ Oshi. Put a Twenty five points. Yeah, I I I'm buying Burr stock, alright? I'm just saying both sides have have happened in the NHL. Like both of these things have taken place. And one it's more true. than the other. So that's all. McKinnon also had multiple 50 point seasons, so. Yeah, that's a really stupid example though. Because <laughs> McKinnon is just like there's no like he had a 55-point season on the worst offensive team in modern history and then took off like and like had superstar I, potential. I, I, I understand that. I'm not
0: saying like, Burr is going to score 90 next uh, season. I'm just saying. The
2: Kenneth thing drives me insane. When players. So many people are like, why would you give up on Tyson Jones? He's 22 years old, Remember? The McKinnon didn't break out until he was 22, and it's like, ah, oh, they're so different.
0: It's, it's less about the age, and it's more just an example of when a player breaks out in the NHL, it can be sustainable.
2: Well, especially when you're an elite talent that's, like, tapping on the ceiling your entire career. Well, Burr's shot is pretty elite. That's all I'm saying. Yes, it is. But I would probably say he's one of the 10 best pure shooters in the NHL today. And I'm buying that
1: stock, man. I don't know.
0: I don't know what else to tell you on it. Yeah. Um, I mean,
2: he's,
1: he's got an amazing shot. There's- he scored some goals this year. Where it's like, holy crap. Like the one in Calgary that comes to mind, like off the face of where he's just on the boards and bar down over the glove. It's just like, Oh, okay. That's he didn't like, have that. was like
2: half his goals. Yeah, yeah. He goes like, barred in all the time, dude. You know, you look at the one where they were in Florida, and yeah. he's just like casually comes down the right side, and he's like, "All right, I'm just gonna pick this corner and this goal." He's like, "All right, well, there's nothing I can do about that." And it was just so casual. He's like, "Oh yeah, look what I did. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty." That was his actual good. reaction. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, man. Like, he's just so casual about it. And he has such a special shot where he's just like, yeah, well, you know, I do what I do.
1: Haha.
0: All right. Well, <laughs> we can take our second period break here as it's time to tell you guys about our new sponsor. You can see him right down there if you're watching on the live stream. WGT golf tour one of the best golf games out there is the best free golf game we already have our first tournament scheduled for this sunday all you have to do to join is go over to dnvrgolf.com download wgt from there and send in your gamer id to get an invite to the dnvr clubhouse to become part of our clubhouse we'll be running a clubhouse wide tournament on Sunday, all day long, so you can jump in there and get your score on the board. I've been slowly improving. I'm still not shooting under par by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm, I'm getting there. Bad. Yeah, I'm
2: bad. solid. I'm I'm looking forward to like the the leaderboard just being a cluster of DNVR people at the bottom. Yeah, a bunch of dudes shooting like nine unders, and it's, yeah. we're all like plus five. <laughs> Exactly. We're just going to get smoked. We're going to be the guys who wouldn't make the cut in an actual Saturday tourney. Did not make Saturday and Sunday.
1: (laughs) I crushed through the tutorial just not paying any attention. Then afterwards, I was like, oh, I probably should have. How do I swing? (laughs) Paid attention.
0: Um, Yeah, but. It's a golf game with over 20 million players around the world. You can play a bunch of amazing courses, including Pebble Beach, Beth Page Page Black, I cannot say that name, St. Andrews, Bandon Dunes, many others as well. We're looking forward to it. It should be a really fun time. We hang out in the DNVR lounge as well and and have players just, we challenge each other. And, I mean, whoever plays me is going to win, but... Patrick is pretty good. Drew's out there grinding people down on the links as well. So the Rockies guys may have something to say about, about the DNVR squad playing, but join us DNVRGolf.com, and try WGT golf today. Third period of the DNVR avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Rudo AJ Evan here. Let's talk about some of the younger players in this lineup evan a j ended up being the buyer on Tyson jost. I knew he would be. <laughs> he just can't help himself
1: he can't quit I, Tyson jost. I'm gonna I, put a meme up now <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, it's true i just i
2: I just couldn't give up on him. I was like, nope. Nope. If I have to buy or sell today, there's just too much future there. I'm just, I'm still buying. I'm buying. I'm sorry, you can't stop me. So we knew,
1: we knew. You might not
0: agree
2: with me on Burakovsky, but are
0: are you on my side with selling Tyson Jost?
1: Yeah, I am. Um, Haters. both of you. I don't hate him. I mean, the pro- his hair looks pretty great right these days from what I saw on social media. Um, no, it's just, I mean, my thing is there's so many guys coming. Uh, not so many guys, but like Cow Bowers, uh, in a year Newhook will be here. And my thing was more, I think Tyson Jost is fine in the bottom six. All the metrics show that he's just fine when he's on the ice. The production isn't there, but my thing is, you know, I don't see him being long-term, so rather than hang on to him for another year and just watch him kind of middle around a little bit more, see what you can get for him now, and you might be able to get more value for him now than, say, a year from now if he's in the same spot. The team is maybe more likely to give up something of value this year just with his pedigree, character, things like that. So that's what I'm thinking. Um, sorry, AJ. But, yeah, I'm not on your team there.
2: He's our boss. He can fire us. (laughs) This isn't North Korea. I'm not going to (laughs) fire you for bad opinions.
1: (laughs) Um, Oh, man, there's been so many good North Korea memes over (laughs) the last week.
2: (laughs) Have there really? I've actually taken, like, a big internet step back, and so I've missed all the internet fun.
1: There's been so many. Just about, like, the surgeon about yeah the picture of Mr. Bean in like the surgery <laughs> Kim Jong-un going to the gulag and coming back if any of you played Warzone uh, <laughs> uh, so we get your life back
2: <laughs> <laughs> that might be the wrong podcast for these days
0: yeah. but
2: we should we should have a Warzone night yeah we I, definitely
1: should I've been playing a lot but I'm not necessarily good at it as oh, I told man, you I I, you. I definitely I- don't pull the shooting time and just hit the ground <laughs> best teammate. I've won some games, but I'm definitely like the least important player on those teams. (laughs) I'm the guy that runs out there, gets shot, and then I'm like, they're over there.
0: (laughs) Don't worry, guys. I found them. You're the the bait. Yeah, I'm the bait. (laughs) All right. You mentioned Count. You mentioned selling (laughs) Josts. <laughs> oh right. <laughs> is are on your lineup in your book. Obviously not if there's an extension of this season, but next year is count on your opening night lineup.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he's done more than enough to earn that. Um if he's not taking Joe's Spot, he's taken Nietos' spot. So yeah, I think he's done more than enough to earn that. And I think the coaches trust him already. Just based off of what they saw and they know that another year of you know work he's going to be just fine he's out there playing tennis in Czech Republic every freaking day from what I see on social media so he's staying in shape that way but yeah I think he's in the up next year I don't see unless he just bombs in whatever the next training camp is he's he's done enough during that
0: fair enough I'm I'm on I'm board as well. I think he's like 99% lock for the lineup. So I'm looking forward to that to say the least. Um oh, about
2: 99. Yeah, you're always always the pessimist, AJ. I think I think it's just gotten to the point where I have been confident that they were going to give top prospects a shot and they were like Let's go sign a free agent in August that takes this guy's job. And it's like. How yeah. many of those guys had the nine games Count did, though? <clears throat> I mean, let's not. Let's, let's bring the nine games back to earth. They were solid. And I think they showed a definite NHL player. But, like, these are not nine games where it was like the guy's, a, the guy's an all-star or anything. He had three points. I understand, and my point still holds, how many guys have had that on the Avs that we thought were going to make the lineup? I'm with you. His nine games were better than Miko's first nine games. There's no doubt. It's just...
1: I look at it as like Graves last year, where Graves came up, he played well, he earned the coach's trust, but they just didn't have room for him that year. But they said, next year, you're good. We got you. So I think that's what he's done is he's come up and proven that he can play and the coaches know that there's, you know, different circumstances around his contract. But next year, you know, you're in. I mean, did they say that? Graves did have to beat back
2: Kevin Connaught and Callie Rosen. He (laughs) was fine, though. Like, you, you give the job to the guy who wins that battle. Sure. You have the battle, though, and the battle makes you better. It makes Graves better, it makes Connaughton, it makes Rosen better, whatever. Like, it just it, Instead of just giving a job to a guy, having a couple guys actually fight it out for it, that's totally fine. See, and I the think- fact that they didn't just default to Kevin Connaughton was really encouraging. Although we wonder how much of that happened because he broke his face during the captain's cape.
1: Yeah,
0: well, I... Fry 7 thank you for the Twitch Prime subscription. Very appreciated, my man. Uh,
1: with Graves, I think we thought that it was a big battle in training camp. And then when you heard Bender talk saying, oh, yeah, that we or he's going to replace Nemeth. He blocked shots. Like, I think they had that in mind well ahead of time. And we just did not know it for sure until kind of. Bednar talked about it, so well, that's kind of where I'm...
2: they might have had it in mind, and he might have had an inside track. But the fact that they included Rosen in that deal, the fact that they included Connaughton in most of those deals, weren't accidents. That was all purposely done, yeah, to give them extra depth and extra competition for what that job was. Yeah,
1: yeah. I just remember watching training camp and, or not training camp, but more preseason games, and Graves didn't look great to me, and then it. Next thing you know, he's a lock, like the way they're talking about him. So, that's kind of just kind of where I'm at with kout and they might bring in like a a depth guy just to kind of battle with him. But I think he's he's got that spot because you know we look at. I don't think they're bringing Wilson back next year. Um, Kamenev, I, I think we can kind of assume is you know they're going to find another spot for him. So I think either way, they're going to bring in another forward. But Kout still, to me, has that spot.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, AJ may be correct, and maybe a better way to say it is that Kout has the inside line to the job. I think
2: there, I would agree with you. Yeah. Talk to me in December at the new training camp or whatever. It is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> before the uh, certainly before the off season, if they let the guys go, we expect that they will. I think that the, he has an easy inside track. Uh, if they go out and they decide to consolidate assets, you combine a Jost and a Zadorov into a deal, and then you get a you get a top six forward upgrade, and then you also let those cats go. Then I definitely think kout is there. But if they go out and they continue to add to their bottom six like they did this year, then then and I think they like that. Like I my the, the reason I'm iffy on this is because. I think the abs want to do that. I think they believe they need 16 forwards and that they're not going to be able to get all of them in the AHL. And so having a guy like count in the NHL that they can call up is a more valuable resource to them than count in the NHL to start with. So I think I, that's just how I feel. That's my read on how they're, how they're evaluating and how they're building, building their roster. Uh, over the summer, um, I, I can't say that that's a particularly educated guess. I'm just guessing. I haven't had any conversations with anybody because oh. I thought we were still going to have a season. So I haven't <clears throat> started my
1: off-season homework. Well, they definitely needed like 30 forwards this year.
2: Uh, right. And I and I wonder how much that will reinforce their belief. And they do want to bring a guy like a Nieto or a Wilson or a Kamenev or even a Nemesnikov back instead of just being like, <laughs> Cut all four of those guys, and we're fine. Yeah,
0: question coming from chat on Nemesnikov. Evan, your thoughts <laughs> on that? AJ and I kind of talked about how there's a very real possibility that he's just going to be priced out of the Avs range.
1: Uh, I I definitely agree with that. He's He played well and showed well in however many games he got to play with the Avs. But, yeah, I mean, price-wise, I think he's going to price himself out. He's already making what three or four million, so four
0: mil right now, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's that's tough um, for a guy that is going to be what a second, third line guy. So he's going to want his payday as an unrestricted free agent. So I just don't see it. I know the Az really like him. Um, I would actually say of those four guys, the guy I could see them bringing back and taking a chance on is Wilson, just because they like his game. And, you know, he fits in well at the locker room, but he's just, I mean, plus he hasn't played. They might be able to get him for like a dollar. So, I'm saying.
2: Like, this year, like, you could get Colin Wilson for one year, one million right now, most that, likely. My problem with
0: bringing back Wilson is if you bring back Wilson, you need to bring back a dude to replace Wilson because
1: he's just going to be hurt. He's probably like, oh my God, like six training camps this year? I'm so screwed. <laughs>
0: How am I going to sit out all of these camps?
1: (laughs) He's playing on hard mode. (laughs) Yeah. But no, I mean, he's going to be super cheap. So Nieto is, I mean, that was the joke, is that Vancouver is going to give him like a four-year deal at $4 million because that's what they do. I think he's going to cost too much. Kamenev, I just think they're over it. So... Wilson of those four guys cost-effective wise makes the most sense to me. If he's alive.
0: All right. Well, any final thoughts, Evan, on, on this Avs team and kind of where they stand heading into whatever this mysterious future may hold.
1: Um, I mean, it'd be really nice to see him play hockey with a full lineup again, even if it's like weird after three months of break, but, Man, I just forgot what this team looks like when they're healthy, and it'd be a lot of fun to see Kadri back and all those guys going again.
2: all right and preach. no better I miss, I miss it would
1: be team. so weird to watch hockey with nobody in the stands, so that's the thing that's kind of holding me back like, ah, eh, do I really like it's gonna be so weird to like just cardboard cutouts. Yeah.
2: Like, you and I are going to be at, like, the bar because we're not going to be allowed inside that arena either. And they definitely won't be in Denver if they come back and have, like, this, like,
1: pod yeah. city thing that they're talking about. Like, you watch a Florida Panthers game and you're like, this is weird. And now you, that's, you're that's you even going to have less people than that. So... See... It's just going to be so bizarre. I I'm
0: low-key excited for it because I think the on-ice audio will get picked up much, much better. And so when Drew Doughty's trash-talking, you can hear it.
1: They're gonna find a way to cut that out. You're Just... gonna be putting weird sound effects in, that's why you're excited. <laughs> like a slide whistle when McBrandon falls down? Anything yeah. to
2: cover up Pierre's voice. And to be honest, Drew Doughty's not gonna play a damn game.
1: Yeah, he's well. come back and he's gonna be like, no!
0: I, I've i got a thing.
1: Yeah um i'm busy that week
2: straight up that guy's why would this is the other thing like i just don't understand what they're going to do with all these all these bad teams that have nothing to play for you're they're going to be icing like the funsies? the
0: grand rapids griffins instead of the the wings right
2: like i would hold all of those guys out like, you don't need if you're detroit you don't need larkin and bertuzzi and manta to play games yeah
1: I do want to say, I know that there, Philip Deneau was, got in trouble because he said, oh, these guys don't want to spend two to three months away from their family. Everyone got on him because obviously he's not on a playoff team, so nobody ca- he's not going to care. But I guarantee the people that don't want to be quarantined from their family for two to three months are all the guys with like small children. Like, You think Lanneskog awesome. wants to be away from his kids, his newborn, for two months? Straight like, up. That's real. Like the, These kids they grow in a week, you know, they're going to change a lot in a month. You want to see that and these guys didn't sign up for that, so I can definitely understand where they're coming from.
2: Yeah.
0: It's interesting. You also since you brought it up, I guess I kind
2: of thought about it. The the call-up limit would pretty much have to be null, right? Oh, they've already talked about having 30 the one of their proposals was a 30-man roster. Yeah. So
0: Still so many minor things to get sorted out yeah. for anything have to you guys, happen.
1: Have you guys talked about Bowen Byram? Who? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that would be the thing to watch is if they came back and were like, hey, you're in. I think that would be fun to watch.
0: I just don't know how they find a room for him with a healthy lineup.
2: Straight up.
1: All it takes is Z doing something dumb to do it.
2: Yeah. That would be a really tough sell for me to to drop Byram in there right away like that when you've had Timmons in the AHL playing as well as he did this year. I mean, they're going to do
0: it next season.
2: I'm fine with them doing it next season because Timmons is AHL eligible. Yeah, that's and like, that's a different conversation. Like you're you're talking about like what's best for everybody involved, but in yeah. short sprint where there's no AHL play going on. I'm I just, would I would really struggle with they're that. They're gonna one. play Barbario, just accept it. That it's would just, be He's yeah.
1: already on his way to Switzerland.
2: Allegedly, yeah. That was a weird report.
1: Um. All right, we're kind
0: of we're kind of spinning out a little bit here, so uh, let's wrap this one up. Uh, Evan, thank you for coming on again. We'll have to get you back on sooner rather than later next time. Uh, as always, thank y'all for listening, whether it be after the fact or live. Very much appreciated. We're going to get out of here for the day. We will be back with another episode tomorrow. Jesse Montano will be joining us once again. So looking forward to that show and probably a bunch more guests over the next couple of weeks. So keep it tuned for some different voices here on the abs pod. Other than that, have a good one and make sure you get in on StravaCraft Coffee. There are only two days left that they are giving away $1,000 gift certificates to their online store. All you have to do is order some StravaCraft Coffee and they will give one away at the end of today and at the end of Friday and you can still get 20% off your purchase when you use code DNVR20. Just head to StravaCraftCoffee.com and order for your chance to win. The $1,000 gift card is good through May of 2025, so you can set yourself up with Strava Coffee for the next five years. The FDR, with hey, believe-